We're in a series called All That Matters, right? We just sang about all that matters. We're, we're a good news church. Can I get an amen in the church today, right? That all that matters, the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians. If you missed our first installment of this series, you need to get on the podcast, search Redeemer Tampa, wherever you download podcasts, and uh, you can find that on the Google Store or whatever you Android lovers do. We'll pray for you. We'll be laying hands on people right here after the service. But uh, And then on Apple Podcasts, uh, you can find us and uh, catch up on that. I don't want to hear it, Jake. <laughs> Jake's just bitter. It's all right. But uh, I do want you to go back and listen to that because this is a three-week series that, that is building on itself. And what we've done is we've, we've come together as one family on Sundays to talk about this idea of what is the most important thing? What is it that matters most? And so last week we talked about what matters most, and it is the gospel. It is the presentation of Jesus Christ as the forgiveness of your sins. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. If you're new to church, the apostle Paul was... Uh, A great apostle, but he didn't start that way. He was a murderer of Christians. And God radically saved him. And he planted churches. And when he came to the church in Corinth, there's a book in the Bible called 1 Corinthians. And he came to them and he said, this is of first importance. That Jesus died for your sins. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day. That's the most important thing. And we unpacked that last week. And it's the thing that we want to drive us into the future as a church. It is what matters. And what I want to do with you this week is talk about the next step in that. That as you become a Christian and you are adopted into the family of God, an amazing, miraculous transaction it's a heavenly transaction and as you're adopted into this family you become a part of this thing called the bride of christ you become a part of the church and the church meets like this all around the world and it's an amazing thing it's a living organism but as we come together what is it that separates the church from every other club on the face of the earth? What separates this gathering? Why would you sit there and listen to me talk for 30, 45 minutes every Sunday? Why would you do that? Because of what matters most. And we're given these pictures in the Bible of what it looks like when this community gathers. And so as we talk about all that matters and as we come into this moment, what what I want to ask you to consider today is this question. Am I an owner or am I just a consumer? I just want you to think about that for a second. Am I an owner in the church or am I simply just a consumer? Of the church. And there's a huge difference. 
If you have a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're, we're going to jump around the New Testament a little bit this morning, and we're going to look at and take at face value what it is that God has built in his bride. What, what is it that we ought to be looking at? Because here, here's the reality. The gospel, everything we talked about last week, the gospel creates a people. The gospel creates a people that look a certain way. So look, look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Why? Because we don't have time in this culture for you to play games. We don't have time in this culture for you to be fake. We only have time for you and I to be real. And that preaches good. But that's difficult. Is it not much easier for you and I to walk in here, slap a smile on, maybe put a button down on, or whatever you ladies do. I even put skinny jeans on today. Because that's what my wife wanted me to do. Can I get an amen from the fellas? Ten years ago, I would have said, not in my lifetime. And here we are. It's easy to do that, isn't it? It's easy to... Put on the face. But the Bible says we don't have time for that. Because when you put those things aside, those things that we do that are fake, that hypocrisy, that tearing down of other people, and we, and we stop and we gather as an as a authentic church. Look what it says. This is the Apostle Peter writing. He says, like newborn infants... We have a lot of those around here. You can get a really good picture. There's one right there. Don't look at her. That's rude. Listen to this. I love this. Like newborn infants. I love this phrase. Just grasp this phrase. Long for. Long for the pure spiritual milk. That by it you may grow up into salvation. Listen to this. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, you will long for the milk of the word. Verse 4, as you come to him, Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, this is the church, this is for you that have placed your trust in Jesus, that have crossed the line of faith, that are confessing Jesus as Lord. Look at what it says. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is what we do in this place when we gather. You and me and every single person sitting here are an integral stone in the temple that God is building. Think about that. And don't you love it, verse 4, that it says, as you come to him. 
He'll take you as you are, but he won't leave you as you are. Aren't you grateful for that? That as you're coming, you're being built up as a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. But he keeps going. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's the gospel. And look at this, verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, there's bad news that brings us to the good news. The stone that the builders rejected has become that cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. This is what we do not want to do as a church. As we move into this next season of ministry and as we come up on our third birthday and as we begin to think about what it is that God has for Redeemer City Church in Tampa, what we don't want to do is disobey the word. God gave us everything we need, Peter would say elsewhere, for life and godliness. Everything we need we have written down right here. And we must obey the word. I love this verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You didn't know you were royalty, did you, when you walked in here today? You're royalty, a holy nation. I love this, a people for his own possession. Why? Why? Why why all that glorious truth of the gospel that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now... You have received mercy. What an amazing declaration of the church. The gospel creates a people. Once you were not a people and now you are a people. And he gave us a very specific calling that we're to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Holy means set apart for his purpose Which is what? To proclaim the excellencies of Jesus to everybody we come in contact with. Do you believe that? I think most of us believe that. But because we're talking about all that matters, I want to press that further into your heart. I want to massage that farther into your bones. And I want to ask you, will you live that? Because for so long, the church, global, capital C church, maybe I shouldn't blame it on the rest of the world. Let's just blame it on the United States. For so long, it's been something we'll say, but far too many of us won't live. And what we don't want to do at Redeemer City Church, if we're going to do that, let's just go do it with somebody else. Let's go support somebody else. And I mean that. But if we're going to be the people that God is building right here, right now, in obedience to the word, we want to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
set apart for exactly what God called us to do right here in this moment, in this place. Because as we talked about last week, this is not an accident that we showed up in this place that we didn't want to be before it was cool to be. When I walked in this place three years ago, hey, it didn't look like this, as you saw in the pictures last week. And all that didn't look like that. And I thought, what are you doing, God? There's nobody here. And little did we know that three years later, this would be the place to be. And God doesn't make mistakes, but what he's calling us to is as he's picked out the spot for us to be. He's called us to be the church in this place to proclaim his excellencies. I want to keep going, though. I want you to turn in John to John chapter 15. I want, I want, what I want you to see today is this is not my idea. I want you to see what God's idea is. And then I want to challenge you with a couple things. But in John chapter 15, we get this beautiful picture of how the church functions, how the church lives Here's what it says. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So God's building this people and then he brings this people together. And he says, if you're not bearing fruit, he takes it away. You probably haven't heard that preached in a really long time. Because that's not good preaching, right? That when, that when God builds his people, if his people don't bear fruit, he deems it useless and he takes it away. Think about that. Think about that. So, so when, when we say that you were created on purpose for a purpose, that's actually true. And when you, when, let, let me just put it this way. When your lawnmower doesn't fulfill its purpose, what do you do? You throw it out. If you plant a bunch of flowers and they don't come up, what do you do? You dig them up and you throw them out. If you plant new sod in your, in your yard and it doesn't take root, what do you do? Come on, talk to me. You water it. <laughs> and then you throw it out. Because <laughs> we have water restrictions. You see, because... Because we, we understand this, actually, because we were created in the image of God. That we intuitively know what God's talking about. Look at what he says. He says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine And you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. We want to bear fruit. Fruit at Redeemer City Church. 
And if we will not bear fruit, we will not be needed. This is important because we want to be a part of what God is doing in this city. Don't we? And it's not just a business. It's not just a transaction. It's a move of God. It's the people of God doing the will of God. And he's laid out for us what that looks like. And it begins with this idea that God's building a holy nation and it must abide in him. It must actually abide in him like a branch attached to a vine. And everything that we get comes out of that vine. You get the picture? You see that? You see what God's doing in the world? And then look at this. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How many of you like get on that train? I'll get on board with that. Why can God say something like that? You know, a lot of times we hear, we hear verses like that. Ask whatever you want and I'll do it. I want a jet. <laughs> Didn't get my jet. Why? Because we're not attached to Jesus when we ask that question. I'd like to have a different building. Maybe God doesn't want me to have a different building. He wants us to be attached to him because the building doesn't matter. Right? Let's keep going. Look, look, look at this. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. God wants us to bear much fruit. He wants to give us a lot of fruit. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy... Anybody want to be filled with joy? We all want to be filled with joy. So that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be full. God actually wants you to be full of joy. And then listen to this. This is, how, this is what it looks like in the church. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. Listen to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things, check this out. Not only am I asking you to do, what does he say? These things I command you so that you will love one another. I'm doing a lot of reading today, but the, the reason is because so many of us have, have started this faith journey recently. And I'll, I'll need you to get a full picture of what exactly it is that God's building and doing in his church. Because as he saves people, 
and builds his church and adds stones to this building, the spiritual house that he's building, he then turns and says, I actually want your joy to be full. I want you to bear much fruit, which means he wants to see a lot of life change, a lot of people walking closer to Jesus, a lot of people carrying each other's burdens, a lot of people praying a lot of people witnessing to the gospel and a lot of people getting saved and a lot of people getting baptized and God is on the move and he wants his church to bear much fruit. Do you believe that? We've seen that over these past three years. And I showed you the pictures and I put the faces up of the people that we've seen changed by the gospel. But these are the things that God has commanded us to do. That we would bear much fruit so that you will love one another. I want to ask you some penetrating questions and I want you to just answer them in your heart. I want you to answer them in your heart. Out of that text... Thinking about the fact of, am I showing up at church as an owner in the house of God? Because if if God is building a house and I'm an integral part of that, I have ownership in the house of God. I have ownership in what God's doing right here at Redeemer City Church. This is my church. It's not the pastor's church. It's not the elder's church. This is our church. And God's called us to be a part of this place, in this time, for this moment, that we would bear much fruit. So let me ask you a couple questions. Come right out of the text. And I I just want, want you to ask yourself this. Do you long for God? Do you long for God? Do you really desire Him? What a powerful thought that was came from from the passage in First Peter. Do you long for God? And if you don't, I, I think it's as simple as asking God, asking the Holy Spirit to do what David asked him: restore unto me the joy of my salvation. May we never lose the fact that all that matters is the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again three days later. If you will rest in that, abide in that, the Bible says you will then go bear much fruit. Why? Because when you recognize what God has done, you can't wait to show others. Second question. Do you love the church? Like God loves the church? Do you love the church like God loves the church? Or is it really hard for you to love people? One of our core values as we talk about loving God and sharing good news is that we would be a church that would bridge gaps. Some of you sit in here right now and you have no worries in life financially. Others of you sit in here right now and you're homeless. And these two groups of people meet in the church and are one. One family, worshiping God together like a spiritual house being built. That's bearing fruit. 
That's bearing fruit. Is it hard for you to love people? Is it hard for you to give money to the church? Let's just go there. You're most like Jesus when you're generous like Jesus. Do you know that Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven or hell? Why do you think that is? What's the greatest idol in the heart of human beings? Our money. Our security. Our satisfaction. That we believe comes from money. Jesus was generous, was he not? He gave his only son so that we might have life. And we don't have time to unpack all of that. But it's hard for us to say, if this is all that matters, my life should reflect that. This is my church. This is your church. And God's called us to bear much fruit. Now, before I get into nuts and bolts of this place, I want to take you one more place to Acts chapter 2. Because this is where we see the church gathered together, putting into practice what God called them to do. And I want to draw your attention to what they actually did. Read a couple more verses, all right? Stick with me. Here's here's what it says. It says, they devoted themselves. Are you devoted to the church? We live in a culture that is not a devoted culture. Every Sunday morning that you get up, you will have many things vying for your attention and for your time. Hopefully you're aware of that. But every, every week that you get up and you make a decision to come here, you're making a decision to abide in Christ. It says they, were, they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And what happened? Do you, you ever wonder why we just we get together and we sing? We take communion. We listen to the teaching of the Bible. And then we have city groups in the week. Do you ever wonder where that idea came from? Right here. These are the things that God called his church to commit to. And look at what happened. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. 
And I want you to notice what happened. As the church gathered and as the church worshipped and as the church shared, what did God do? It says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I want you to see this picture. Those who have believed gather. If those who have believed are gathered, are those people going to get saved? No, they already are, right? So where were the people coming that were getting saved? They were in here. <laughs> they were in the homes. They were being drawn in. They were being invited in by those who are in here. Why? Because when the church gathers and the people of God do what God's called them to do and abide in him and love one another, people get saved. There's a lot of opinions about what church should look like. Tons. Just Google it. You won't have time for all the opinions. But if we go back to what Jesus said that we should do, and that's what we want to do because that's all that matters. Not your opinion, not my opinion, not anyone's opinion. What God actually said. This is what we want to see. That as we gather here and as we gather in homes, that what would happen in us is sincere, glad, genuine hearts, generous hearts, praising God, enjoying each other, and that God would save people because of it. That's what we want to see. That's what we want God to do in our midst because that's what God wants to do in our midst. So what do we do when we get together? So <laughs> we've looked at all this stuff and like we're supposed to listen to teaching. But what is it that is going to change people's lives in that moment? I love this in John 17, 23. I just want you to listen to it. I just want you to listen to it. I and them and you and me. This is Jesus praying. This is what he's asking his father to do. I and them, you and me. So that they may become perfectly one. Does that describe Redeemer City Church? That we would be perfectly one? Why? So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Love that. What is it that's going to change people? You are. You and I. You, you and I. As you gather in this place and as you gather in homes and love each other. When you love each other and abide in Christ, the overflow of that will change people. Some things are just simple. Some things aren't you need apologetic training so you can answer everybody's questions. Some things are that church actually loves each other and I want to be a part of it. It's all that matters. Let me boil it down to you this way. Peter called you a priest. 
What does that mean? It means my greatest privilege is my access to God. But my greatest privilege is not mine to keep. It's mine to share. Because we are to be people with glad and generous hearts. And God will add to our number those who are being saved. My greatest privilege is my access to God. But it is not mine to keep. It's mine to share. Do you believe that? Come on, you can do better than that. Do you believe that? I hope so. Now, all of that picture for us to come to this point and ask, what does that mean for us? If you look around, things are tight. Things are tight in here. Go ahead, look around. It's awesome. Your singing was great today, by the way. I loved it. You're welcome. <laughs> I said thanks. I love it. So, what what does that mean for us as we look ahead? So, if you're a guest of ours, welcome to family meeting. Right? You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just here checking things out. You picked an interesting week to check things out. <coughs> but we're glad you're here. And I would love to meet you at Info Central afterwards and give you a gift. And now you get to just listen in on family meeting, right? Because for those of us that call this place our church, and when we look at that and we consider what does that look like in the 21st century United States of America, what does it look like for us to do that? Um, I want to give you some of these. Some of these things are just from my heart. They're, they're things that I see God doing in, our, in the life of our church and in the, in the time and space that he's called us to. And so um, as I look around, we spent 23 weeks doing two services. Okay, we spent 23 weeks doing that. And we grew 30%. That's awesome. It's great. It's great. We saw that happen. We baptized 15 people. So... It's awesome. It's incredible. It's, a, it's what God said he wanted to do. But as we consider doing that and as we keep moving forward in that, um, one of the things that's really difficult is taking a small church and breaking it into two smaller churches. Some of you felt that pain over that 23 weeks. Right? And... So as we were praying about that, as we were considering that, and as we were uh, bouncing options around, um, our landlord came to us and offered us a chance to expand our space again. Now, for those of you that are new, I just want you to know that about every March, God gives us that opportunity. And so some of you are chuckling because you've been through the blood, sweat, and tears. That door didn't even used to be there because one March... God gave me this great idea that we should rip down a bunch of walls that used to be where some of you are sitting and put in a door so that the cool people over there could see that the cool people were in here, right? And then God started to grow our church. And then we quickly realized that you guys really take seriously God's command to be fruitful and multiply. 
Can I get an amen in the church today? I got three kids. Camden can't keep your hands off me. It's not exactly how that goes. <laughs> Love you, babe. It's biblical. So we added a bunch of kids' rooms. And so now we have an incredible... We have a whole church that's meeting back there right now. It's awesome. It's awesome. And Amber does a great job leading that. And they're... Yes. And uh, so we've continued to do that. And we've continued to, to build in the space that God has given us. And so... It's March again. <laughs> and so each March, we've accepted the responsibility as a church to take the opportunities that God has given us. And so God's given us another opportunity. So as, as you look around and you see uh, that there's not a lot of places to put more chairs in here, um, just reality. I think I can fit 12 more behind all of you. All right. But that's about it. Right. And then if we want to talk fire code, who knows? <laughs> Better to ask forgiveness than permission. Amen? Amen. You didn't hear me say that, though. <laughs> Listen, the Bible just called me to be real, didn't it? All right. I'm being authentic. All right. But one of the oper- one of the things that the landlord has given us a chance for is to take this wall and go 15 feet that way which would give us 15 feet by 60 feet of space. For those of you that um, are like myself and you're like, is that a lot? (laughs) It's about 75 chairs, all right? Which would give us the chance to continue to meet as the church because that's what it is, right? The the Bible um, calls us in Greek, the ecclesia, which is simply a gathering of called out ones. And so if we don't have to split you up, we don't want to split you up. And here's the reality. These steps have come in every phase of growth that God has given us to be responsible for so that as this neighborhood grows, our church has grown. And it has literally been happening in tandem. And we believe that God's given us that opportunity again to just expand our space. Now, so there, there's a couple of things that, that we want to do as a church because this is our church. And so we want to move at the pace of our faith. So what, what does that require? What are the nuts and bolts of what that requires? It requires tearing down that wall, building a new wall, building a new ceiling, putting in the floor, and getting the chairs that it takes to fill that space. That is the brass tax of what it requires. And all that requires, and God's people said? Money. Money. Right. You guys are awesome. It's really sharp. Now, that also increases our rent a little bit. But by the way, we pay about half the amount of rent that everybody else around here is paying. And I think that's generous on my part. I think that we're paying less than half. So God's been incredibly good to us. And our landlord has been incredibly good to us. And we believe that that is an opportunity that God's given us to continue to expand and not pay the dollars that other people are paying. And so we want to steward that well. We'll steward that well. We also want to continue at the same time to support our commitment to our friends in Ethiopia. 
I shared a couple weeks ago um, about these new boys that came off the street. There was 12 of them or so. Jordan, under the, under the offering section, uh, there's a picture of these 12 boys. And uh, so we couldn't show them right away because they were just coming off the streets and you know how people are on the Internet. It's just can't show them. We can show them now. So I, I just want you to know that you guys, whether you ever set foot in Ethiopia, are responsible for those boys that were addicted to drugs and ran away from their homes and were sleeping in ditches, are now in a home, are now being discipled, are now meeting Jesus, and are being taken to school. And in about eight months, they will be reunited with their families and taken to a local church in their neighborhood. How cool is that? It's amazing. So we want to keep doing that. We're also in the process right now of rethinking how we serve our homeless friends that come and worship with us. We want to do a better job. We're also, uh, through the Water's Edge Network, able to continue to uh, think through and look at what does it mean for Redeemer City Church to be active in church planting, both in this country and in countries around the world, what we get to be a part of through that partnership. Let me say it to you this way. God is blessing us so that we can be a blessing. That's, I think, the best way for us to think about that. And so here's, here's, what, I, here's what I know, that everything that Redeemer City Church needs is right here within Redeemer City Church. And so what we want to do is we want to move at the pace of our own faith. That's what we want to do. And so here's, here's how we're going to do that. Um, I am asking you for money. <laughs> All right. But I'm not going to ask you for a certain amount of money. I want to move at the pace of your faith. And in three years, I've never asked you for anything. And I'm not going to ask you for anything today. But here's what I am going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to go home. And this week, I'm going to ask you to pray. And I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit what part you should play in this all that matters offering. Does that make sense? So I, I don't want to ask you for a specific amount or tell you this is how much we want to raise because I don't think that is appropriate for this, move, for this moment. God's given us an opportunity here to expand and make a statement to our neighborhood that we're going to be here for them for the future. And that's important because I believe that as we continue to gather and as we can continue to worship and as we continue to be a lighthouse in this community and there's no other church in this neighborhood that gets to put a sign on the wall and gets to be a part of the daily life of this place. We're the one. We're the one that God chose to put here for this time and this moment and we want to steward it well. We want to make room for those people to come in and see what God is doing here. And so that's what we want to do with that space. And then we want to be responsible for what Jesus said to us that we're doing in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Those are three slots that he's called us to be a part of in generosity. 
And so what God said is he loves a cheerful giver. And that's what we want. So we're not, we're not shooting for a certain amount. I want you to just go home and pray and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that you would have me to do in this moment for this church, for my church? And Cam and I, we're going to go home and we're going to pray. We're going to ask God, what do you want us to do in this moment, in this time for our church? Because it is our church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's our church. And so we've been given these opportunities and we want to just listen to the Holy Spirit and respond to what he puts on our heart. Fair enough? So pray about that this week. And next week, we'll take a moment in our worship and we'll offer those things to God. Because what what does the Bible say? That we offer spiritual sacrifices to him. And that's what we want it to be. We don't want it to be something that we just get to expand our space. We're not doing things extravagantly. And you can look around and and you can see that. We want to do them with excellence, but we don't want to do them with show. Because we believe that all that matters is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And that he's building a people and calling us to be one. And that the way people will see him is that we love one another and that we're perfectly one. That's what we want to be a part of. And so we want to take this opportunity and steward it well and be a generous people so that as we are blessed, we can be a blessing to our neighborhood and to those around the country and the world. And God's given us this opportunity and we want to take it. Amen? Amen. All right, so we'll do that next week. And I want you to be a part of it. We're going to be a part of it. And uh, just follow the Spirit's leading on that. And... uh, believe God's going to bless us so that we can bless others. Amen? Amen. All right, why don't you stand with me? The band's going to come up. They're going to lead us in a song here. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for all that you're doing in this place. We recognize that you're God, we're not, but that you have prepared good works for us in advance that we should do. That you said in your word that we're your handiwork, created in your image to do those good things. And so, Father, we just ask that you would give us your spirit this week, that you would direct us and guide us, and that you would provide exactly what you want us to use and steward for the furthering of your kingdom in Tampa Heights and in the world. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.